Welcome everyone to What the Force. I'm Marie Claire Gould, your host. And I'm Missy. And we are still following Willow. Still following Willow. (laughs) Unfortunately, we have some bad news to talk about, which is Deadline reported this morning that the series Willow has been canceled in its current form. I have an important question before we get started, Marie Claire. Yes. Is there a limit on like the language I'm allowed to use? Do I have a quota of F-bombs? What's our I mean, situation I here? I don't typically have <laughs> swears in the podcast just because it gets flagged on of course. certain sites <laughs> and stuff like that. But yeah, we're both genuinely upset. If you follow us on mm-hmm. Twitter, like we were literally losing our minds all day yeah not not thrilled uh, not thrilled at all nope i, I think we will yeah when, when i feel it necessary i will try to default to the uh the good place um version like holy forking shirt balls and stuff like that <laughs> yeah because like, I, ah, I, why? I, I feel like we're like laughing because like we've literally been so upset all oh day my god I'm just, I mean, I'm definitely leaning much farther into anger than sadness. And I, I don't know, maybe that's just like a post-tross reaction. And listen, they're not the same thing. And we'll go into how they're not the same thing, but there's still significant disappointment. Um, but mostly I just feel angry. I feel, I feel angry because it hurts to feel this seen and understood and respected and reflected back in your media just to have it yanked away again again yeah again like willow is so significantly important to us from a cultural perspective it it shows love in the forefront Mm -hmm. love is the greatest power in the universe absolutely and it also shows healing of trauma live on the Mm -hmm. screen through both the symbolic, metaphorical, mythical ways, but also genuinely in the script and in the text. And Mm -hmm. that's so significant. It showed a variety of masculinity Mm -hmm. um, and it showed a variety of femininity too. And it showed that most importantly, it was okay to be true to yourself. Yes. is something that we absolutely desperately need in Mm -hmm. our story. Because one thing that I always come back to when I think about story and its effect from especially a mythical lens um, is something that Joey Salloway talks about. Joey Salloway was the writer-creator of Transparent. And they talk about how art is the propaganda of the self and how when you have it and it's out there, it helps you understand that person's perspective and story. You can never truthfully live in somebody else's skin and understand their 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 whole everything. But art helps us walk in each other's shoes for a while and understand that we all live and breathe and love and need. <laughs> and that's what John Kasdan gave us with this amazing series. Um, that has been cut short, right? Like, I'm very happy we have the first season, but there's more story to tell. And I, that's what's so heartbreaking for so many of us. Well, 
and it it's centered queer love. Yep. And it did it with joy and grace and and and, and messiness sometimes too. And messiness. And, messiness. But, but also within a fairy tale context where we were led to understand that this would be a happily ever after for this couple. Mm-hmm. For a couple that almost never on screen do we see a happily ever after for a queer couple. And many people in real life feel that they don't get the happily ever after yeah. that they want, that they deserve, that they desire in the deepest part of their hearts. Queer Disney and princesses. We got queer we Disney got princesses. That. We got that. And now it's gone. And that just, it really hurts. And it, and, you know, we'll get into this as well, but like, you know, we, we, we joked about how Graydon, you know, the sad, angry frown prince that we add yeah. him to our collect collection of sad, angry frown princes because we have so many, but God, how many of them never make it out of the underworld? Yeah. Like most of them. And so we're talking, we about, need to, we're talking about we need to do yeah. a jailbreak. Yeah, for real. Bust them all out. Because seriously, <laughs> like, and you know, we'll we'll get into all of this, but what we have talked about again and again and again is Ben Solo, Graydon Haster, uh the Darkling from Shadow and Bone, like all of these characters, they why do they exist? These are the symbolic representation of the wounded masculine in our culture and it needs to be retrieved healed loved made whole and we're not doing that and this speaks to the depth of that wound in our culture it's absolutely the uh symptom of the patriarchal culture that we live under bell hooks would talk about how bell hooks being the foremost feminist on mm-hmm. this subject and about men and love and masculinity. And she would talk about how like patriarchal kil- culture mutilates the emotions of young men in our society. And through our art, the collective unconsciousness is telling us this. It's mm-hmm. telling us that all of these men are this wounded masculine is getting stuck in an in in retrievable place absolutely it is mm-hmm. it is breaking us as a society to keep on essentially saying to boys your only worth is through sacrifice yeah and you're not and, allowed to be connected to your emotions and if you think if you think that we're being a little too dramatic about this and that this is it's just stories. And and like, listen, I, on some level, yes, we have to detach from it enough to understand that it is just stories because we can't let it completely wreck our mental health. That's not healthy. So like, like on some level, it will be healthy to take a step back. Yes, I, I agree with that. However, the reason that we feel as strongly as we do about this and why we try to express why this sort of aborted story makes us feel this way is because you can see the effects of this in our culture. The reason that wounded masculine that has not yet been healed is a recurring theme in our culture is because 
right now, because of the gains in rights for women and queer people, patriarchy, heteropatriarchy is pinging back very strong. Yeah. It is hitting back hard. You can see it in every part of our lives right now. And it's hurting everyone, men included. So it it is the visible symptom of what is happening in our lives. And the stories can't fix that, but the stories can reveal the path. Just like yeah. we talked about, the finale reveals the path back for a character like Eric. And why this story felt so good to many of us, literally joy, like I talk about this on the podcast with Star Wars a lot, is that joy is is the compass. Yes. It is the compass to the light. understanding what is missing in your life and in the stories that you love and um, in where you should spend your time. Joy brought us community within this story, mm -hmm. right? We created the questies and we mm -hmm. had so much fun and invigoration and energy because of the joy the story brought us, right? Yeah. And the joy was telling us that there is something that we need in our lives. And story is like, like, like a dream of mm -hmm. a better yes. world. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It is the propaganda of the self that we could potentially dream a better world exists within our fiction. Yes. And it, how else do you get there? But by making it first a reality in a story and then hoping to make it a reality in the real life, in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sent you this quote just the other day and it's utterly creepy to me how how <laughs> um it really fits this whole situation and, and exactly what we're talking about um it's from carl jung and it says even the best attempts at explanation are more or less only successful translations into another metaphor indeed language itself is only a metaphor the most we can do is to dream the myth onwards and give it a modern dress and whatever explanation or interpretation does to it, we do to our own souls as well with corresponding results for our own well-being. So the point here is you dream the myth onwards. Mm -hmm. You take the story and you imagine how it goes, how it continues, how it ends. You mm -hmm. put yourself into it, the modern dress and what your interpretation, explanation, expression of that story does externally, it does to you. So if you imagine, mm -hmm. if you dream a healing story, a healing myth, you are healing yourself. And the people that hear your story have the opportunity to heal themselves yes. because they dream that myth with you. One of the most fascinating uh, programs that I ever uh, read a study on was actually <laughs> taking place in Texas, where instead of people being given hard sentences in prison, they were actually given an opportunity to attend basically a book club. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have to go to jail. They were directly on probation and they had to attend this daily book club where they were reading books and discussing 
what was in the books. And what they found was the the professor or the teacher that was working with them would give them books that were directly related to the circumstances that they had found themselves in and how characters could find them their way out of it. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that there was almost zero repeat offenders after this because story is healing story. Mm -hmm. These are people who literally committed crimes and instead of punishing them, we treated them like people who needed to have a second chance through story and fiction. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Like, and that's us too. We experience story and I want to say, like, what we got with Willow season one, I'm still going to call it that. I don't know. And that is what it is. It, it, it was always meant to be season one. So, hey, yeah. season one. Season one is is healing. Like, it gives us it is. so much. It is valuable on its own. I mm-hmm. am forever grateful it exists for people who are like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't try it. Well, you you missed out on something yeah. that was unbelievably healing it's so true it's so true and and fun i mean it was like you know when when we say this show was joy like it really really was it was just fun and like so much emphasis on love and laughter it was funny it was like it was just a good time and you could tell that in the cast and crew, they had a blast. They had so much fun working on it. They told us personally that they had fun working yeah. on it. Like they loved it. And and even today, they're all in the comments of each other's social media posts going, I love you, buddy. I love you too. Like, I mean, they yeah. just, like I, this was such an extraordinary, you know, lightning in a bottle maybe, but it was, yeah. it was amazing. And, and I'm so deeply disappointed and angry, but I don't regret it. I don't regret watching it. I don't regret, you know, talking about it for an insane number of hours with you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so I, I good. I don't regret any of that. Yeah. I really don't. I think, I think I, my, I mostly I'm joyful. My most negative emotion is I just don't know what it will take to change the system. Right. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it will take to change, to break this pattern. I don't because, because it's a very deeply ingrained pattern. And listen, I know all of the, the practical reasons why this probably happened. People have pointed out well, listen, there's probably going to be a writer's strike soon. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean that we saw what happened last time. So the last time there was a writer's strike, it was, what were the big shows out at the time? Lost, Heroes, yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Like they all got affected by that. And you can see it. You can go back and watch them now and you can see where the writer's strike happened in those stories yeah. and how it affected those. So like, it's significant. So like, you know, I'm sure that some things that were kind of on the cusp you know, we're very much affected by the fact that that's being anticipated. And listen, impact to the story aside, I support the unions. I'm absolutely mm-hmm. like, please, like people need to <laughs> be paid better. Be paid they, better. they need a better and, yeah. pay structure for streaming because absolutely right now it is terrible for everyone. Yeah, it's really bad. And it's it, arguably it's part of the reason why this kind of stuff is keeps happening is because shows are 
because of the crappy contracts, incentivized to cancel after one season. Right. Exactly. So they're, they're, Mm -hmm. they're cheaper in the first, I think for two seasons right now is the way the contracts work. And then by the third season, like the, the pay jumps for all of, for everyone involved. And so like, yes, a lot of them cancel first or second season. So yeah, you know, that's what happens. And so, so yeah, it's, so it's bad for everyone. It's obviously bad for the people who aren't getting paid what they deserve. And then it's also bad for the stories because the stories aren't getting told. Um, but that also brings us to the other thing I wanted to discuss, which is just the streaming model in general, um, being very broken and preventing us from having intact stories. Yeah. Um, I do want to compare it to Asian media across Absolutely. the board. Please. Um, both you and I have become fans of K dramas. So Korean dramas, Japan's dramas, or, or even comedies, romantic comedies. Yeah. Uh, Taiwanese dramas, Thai dramas, C dramas, Chinese dramas yeah. across the board. Like literally all of these models function significantly better yeah. than the North American model. Yep. Um, there are exceptions because sometimes they do do seasons to try and get the North American markets. And th- those of us mm-hmm. in North America are like, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. But <laughs> for the most part, Shows are greenlit and filmed all at once. If the season is 40 episodes, that is greenlit and filmed. The whole show is filmed at once. I've watched 67 episodes of a drama from China, and it was a historical drama, and it was amazing. And it was worth it the whole way. Yeah. That's, That's like the equivalent of like, you know, depending on the length of the seasons in North America, that's like four to five seasons. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and I mean, they, they vary in length. I mean, you find a lot that are 16 episodes and then there's some that are 30 some odd episodes. And then, like you said, you have one. That's it depends 67. on the country. Yeah. Like in, right. so in they Korea, vary. it's 16 or 20 is usually the norm. Sometimes more, sometimes yeah. they'll do specials, but also the British model is more like this too, right? They'll do, mm-hmm. Uh, they do more seasons, but they'll only do like three episodes or four episodes a season, <laughs> depending yeah. on what it is, right? Um, but they're more like movies, yeah. You know, depending like on movie. the things, yeah, like almost like a limited series in a lot of ways. But like, but yeah. So the the Asian model and and so the things that work about it are this. So one is that because that is the tip how they work in general. Everyone's writing stories that are intended to start and finish in a single season and have so a like complete just, story. Yeah, they're just written that way. They're written with a with a an ending and not just any ending. A lot of times these endings are quite final. Yeah. <laughs> like there really arguably would be no way to continue the story for a lot of these. Yeah. Um and so like so that that's, you know, like it's clearly you're done. But not only that, um if some aspect of the show is popular and does well. It's not like, oh no, we can't capitalize on that. A lot no. of times they take the elements that succeeded and then they spin off and not spin off. That's the wrong way to put it, but they, but they build a show around the, the successful mm-hmm. elements. So like if two stars were extremely popular in mm-hmm. one series, they will put those two stars into another series. It's and all sort the fans of, go and watch that one. Sort of like, like uh, Anna 
Darvis and Chris Evans from oh, Knives yeah, Out exactly being like put a, into exactly a movie together like and yes. all of the fans of Knives Out who liked that chemistry between those two actors are like, yeah. oh, we're going to watch that romantic comedy. A hundred percent. It's exactly that's like ghosted, that. ghosted, by the way. That's coming it's, out. Yeah, ghosted. That's it. It ghosted. looks great. I can't wait to see it. I'm so glad that I <laughs> at least temporarily have Apple TV so I can watch it. Anyway, <laughs> but like, but no, really, like it, it, that's going to be fun. But that's a great example where it's like, it doesn't like just, I think there's this mistaken idea. A few, there's, a, there's a few, uh, you know, concepts right now that, that are sort of upholding the whole streaming model in North America that are just patently false. I think one of the most significant ones is that the only way to generate buzz for your show is a cliffhanger ending. Yeah. And I think that is, has been very clearly demonstrated false. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I, I'm not seeing evidence that cliffhanger endings help generate buzz. If anything, cliffhanger endings are frequently at this point because people burn so often they 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 scare people off people yeah. hear that something ends on a cliffhanger and they're like well i'm not watching until i find out you know whether it's been renewed or whatever and then of course it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right well no one's watching so now it's like oh no well i yeah. guess we have to cancel it because no one wants to see it like or it, i don't know there's so many other things it would be revolutionary for more i guess it's just uh, what am i trying to say here I guess it's very costly for people to be like, okay, I'm, I want to have all of these things done. Netflix was kind of doing it for a little while where they were like renewing mm -hmm. the whole season or, mm -hmm. or multiple seasons, but then releasing it in like parts. Yeah. It was kind of weird that way, which I guess is fine. But literally yeah. there was a drama that was released where it was released every single day. Yeah. For a month. Yeah. <laughs> 30 episodes <laughs> and and basically every everybody was on board and watching it all at the same time for an entire month and if you missed an episode you caught up the next day for two episodes or whatever or you just you binged it every single day for a month yeah and like billions of people watch these dramas yeah well and and it's just but here okay so this is the other factor that that comes into play is when shows that have not ended are canceled, yeah, you have for the most part destroyed their rewatchability. Not entirely, not entirely. Yeah. There are times that I can go back and watch something that didn't end just because it's that good. I think Willow will be one of those things for me because I think so. Yeah. The season one is very good, and I'm willing to go watch season one again. But that said, it definitely damages its rewatchability for a large chunk of the audience. And in, in many cases, some people will simply never watch it at all. They will never pick it up because yeah, they never they give it a it chance. Yeah. This is like cursed. Like, I mean, like mm -hmm. the, I'm sorry, but the, the, cursed deja the show vu, cursed the show. Yeah. The deja vu with cursed on Netflix is killing me because that was, that was more painful because they dragged it out for over a year because it was during the early part of the pandemic. But it was just, like it's not a perfect show, but it's a good show. It's a solid mm. fantasy. It had show. a lot of potential too, which is uh -huh. the hard. It did it had a lot of potential. A hard part, and it was a really awesome retelling of Arthurian myth, but with like femme lead and it was femme focused. Yeah. It had a diverse cast. It had 
um, sapphic nuns. It had, I mean, yeah. it had <laughs> sapphic nuns so it many did. great yeah. things in it. And <laughs> ugh. anyway, so, but I, I, the point is a lot of people will not bother to watch that show because it was canceled. It's rewatchability or indeed watchability full stop has pretty much been neutered by the fact that it wasn't renewed. And there's so many things like that. And so what happens when, when a huge chunk of your catalog becomes unfinished Un- unwatchable shows. yeah it becomes this what like value are you really offering you're not offering anything no that's why they keep on picking up shows from like 10 years ago that have been in syndication and yep. bringing them like doogie hauser md was just announced on Jeez. disney plus which okay i get i love doogie hauser but sure Dookie Hauser wouldn't have made it past one season right. in the streaming That's the other point. In the streaming model. That's the other point. Like, well, they're expecting everything to be a smash hit season one. I'm sorry. The vast majorities of the most beloved shows of all time have a really rough season one. Like a really rough season one. Ugh. Oh my God. There's just so many of them. I, this is funny, but like, um, what is it? The the ninth Doctor, which was like series one of of Doctor Who with you know Christopher Eggleston. Mm-hmm. That is, I'm sorry, that's a really hard season to watch. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to everyone out there that loves it, but that's like it's like got a couple good episodes, but mostly like I mean like um I don't know the gas mask episode is good, but otherwise everything is like ooh, it's hard to watch. And so many shows are like that. So many shows like the first season is just not great, <laughs> and and so it's just, I don't understand the expectations that shows have to find their footing immediately, you know, even for, yeah. the, for, for the ones that do well in the first season, a lot of times there's like the so pi- pilots shows. are often weak. Like that's very common, like weak pilots or like, yeah, we kind pilots. of flounders yeah. a little bit, or it's just still trying to find the chemistry between the actors. And sometimes it yeah. can take, it can take seasons for, for chemistry. Between actors, I keep on thinking about Friends, like how awkward yeah. Friends was in the first season. But really, like, you know, the chemistry built with familiarity between the cast. And yeah, like we already had that chemistry with yeah. Willow. It just needed another season to yeah. like really cement the audience and the yeah. and its place in the collective unconscious. Yeah. And to bring it back to Star Wars. Clone Wars, I find hard to watch until at least mid-season three. Yeah. At least, and that's... It takes a bit, yeah. That's like 22 episodes a season, and it's like, like you're sitting through a lot waiting for that to pick up. So, like, I I just... It's just so weird to me because their, their metrics are not based in reality. They're not based in reality around how people interact with their entertainment. It's not based in just how people even live their lives. Like sometimes like if I don't watch a show the second that it drops, it's not because I'm not interested or it's not a good show. I have yeah. a life. I have other things I'm doing. I and don't always have time. Allows you to come back to it. So it's, yeah. it's really hard to get a good picture of like, what is the actual audience? Willow grew with us being loud about us. About it. That's right. All the questies Epi- were shouting about it. Episode it four, we got like mm-hmm. a huge bump in mm-hmm. the watchability and everything like that yep. for, for a ton of people. And they were like, oh, wait, I see what's happening. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's what it takes for a story is like, oh, I see it now. I see what is yeah. 
is that spark, you know? And I see the a, vision. I see, <laughs> I see the light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think that there's this misunderstanding of the importance of resonant media. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really important that people see themselves transform on screen as characters. Yes. Like it's, yes, it's really significant. Um, I've talked about this a lot, but when you see somebody go into the underworld metaphorically and go through a dark period of time, find that thing that was missing in the darkness, find joy again, and then mm-hmm. make their way back to the community. That gives us hope as the person watching. And also we experience a mini transformation and union of our missing piece that this person also experienced as a character on screen within ourselves. Mm-hmm. How can you replace that if the media is is resonating with people? I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess it's just nonstop reality TV show now. Is yeah. that what we're saying? <laughs> reality TV shows. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's so the other factor in this is going into given just the realities of production, what's the best way to deliver a fantasy story? And this is where I want to get into a hypothetical of, I think there's a possibility that a Willow sequel movie would have been more successful than a Willow sequel show. Because not only are there all the issues that we've just discussed with regard to streaming and shows and, and how it's just, it it can be really difficult for them to pick up the audience that for some reason the bean counters want to see, but also just fantasy is one of the most expensive genres to film. Mm -hmm. And the only ones that seem to be able to pull it off and not get canceled are ones that have name recognition. Hence Lord of the Rings, the rings of power and house of the dragon, which is, you know, Game of Thrones, which is one of the biggest smash hits of all time. So the point is that like, yet yeah, these two, they're going to be fine mm-hmm. because they have that name recognition. But Willow, Willow was always a cult hit. It was, yeah. you know, like, yes, it had a built-in audience that loved it, but it was comparatively a small audience, not to mention the fact that, um, you know, by at the time they're revisiting it, it was outdated and there wasn't really anything that had pulled it back into the cultural consciousness at the time that they, you know, that they decided to do this. So it was just yeah, it a labor of love. A little bit out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like right? oh, we're doing Willow now. Okay, that's oh, cool. Oh, like, yeah, Willow, yeah. From, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, so which is why you end up with people who like had no idea that this was going to be about Alora Dannon, which should be obvious from the yeah. film that the next story would have to focus on Alora Dannon. But there are people that were genuinely surprised by that. And a lot of that just has to do with they're looking at it through nostalgia and everything else, you know. And mm. so so I, you know, I think you could make an argument that um, you know, maybe a, a movie would been would have been better. But what my point in saying this is, is that fantasy is that heightened world where you can explore exactly what you're talking about. Because in fantasy, you can literally go to the underworld. Yeah. Great. And is it an actual underworld? In right an now? action. It's textual. 
It is the uh, he, that is where he is. Yeah. Okay. And so you can tell this story in a way that will resonate with people because mm-hmm. of that. And the symbols because, will be stronger. Right. And, they will instinctively understand it. Yeah. So it's the most resonant story, unfortunately, being told in the most expensive way possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Over over eight episodes. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of filming and a lot of time during COVID. Absolutely. I get the economics of this. And it's beautiful. They held it to a high standard, which is awesome. And full orchestra, like amazing. Yes. Like we yeah, have, incredible. we, we get to keep this amazing thing. Please release it on physical media so I can own oh, it God, forever. Yes, please just, just give just, us a, just Blu-ray. release it. Come on. Give it on physical media. Bob, yeah. you can do it. Please. Yeah. Bob, you owe us this. All right. Bob, you owe us the Blu-ray. You do. <laughs> With you the behind the scenes special and John Kasdan commentary, please. I, yes, exactly. I'll, Please. I'll sign up for that. I'll pay for three. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I need so the full commentary. The mm-hmm. whole, the whole thing. Right. But this also comes back to this, this burns in my head, which is why is the cancellation worded in the specific way that it's worded in every single news article, mm-hmm. which is it is canceled for now. For now. <laughs> Has a possibility to return and continue the story. Literally every single news article, not just the ones that were quoting Dateline, but I think that EW got a clarification quote that said uh, that uh, possibility to continue the story later on. Like, yeah, it's such a weird hedging, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Well, okay, but that's why I feel like. I do think that the impending strikes have something to do with this. Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't think of any other reason why they would hedge like that. Absolutely hedge like that. And yeah. Okay. So it's hedged and B, this makes no, no sense right now because I'm very emotionally drained, but okay. The possibility of it returning as a movie with Val Kilmer and Ron Howard directing. That would be amazing. I would love that. It has the two names. That it would take in the marketing to actually pull people in. Yes. That sucks. But yep. It's could be what is, I mean, the glimmer of hope in my eyes. That's it. There are plenty of other examples um, of shows that were canceled before their time and then concluded in a film. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most famous, of course, is Firefly was concluded in, with Serenity. And, you know, you can argue about whether it's a good conclusion or not, <laughs> but but yeah. they still, they made an effort to end the story. Yeah. And, um, and it, it is a little bit easier to get the movie funding because yeah. the box office it's itself, a one and done. it's done and the box office yeah. pays for stuff. And yeah. And, and especially know. if they're, if they're saying, well, you have a built in audience, so go ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible. I don't I don't know. I mean, there's any number of possibilities in terms of whether whether and when and how it comes back. Um, I certainly just why the caveat asterisk. I don't know. I don't know. I just but I I, I'm no I don't want to be strung along. I really don't. No, I don't. Like I said, with with it it was brutal. It was like a year and a half before they actually confirmed. I mean, 
in some ways, like, yes, pull the cord now. Right. Yeah. But if it does come back, that's amazing. And I don't want That would be incredible. I would love it. I don't want to disappoint people. I'm, I'm just frustrated that it's not very clear in the articles that there is a hedging. That's all. Yeah. I'm not saying I want them to kill all hope now. I'm just, it's, I mean, I think everyone understands this. Everyone who's listening understands this. We're tired. Yeah. (laughs) We're very tired and being strung along in any way does not feel good. Even even if like oh eventually you don't, you don't understand how much we it. love this show yeah well we we love this show <laughs> and in spite of everything we continue to love Star Wars God <laughs> yeah, knows that? why what? like I, like <laughs> really and like all these other things that we just keep investing our whole souls into because reality is kind of brutal so. We like fantasy and sci-fi. We, we like escapism. We like escapism. <laughs> and like... Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Like delirious. I just, I'm just so... It's I'm so... so incredibly irritated. Exhausting. So annoyed and tired. I'm like, yeah. I'm like the sad one and you're the angry one. I'm so pissed. I don't, I'm just like... I'm just like, son of a... Why? Like... Bob, what? Like Bob, 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 you already did this to us once. Why? Why? Like, (laughs) yes. Come on, man. Come on, Bob. Slack. I'm gonna vote against you at the shareholder meeting. Yes, AGM. Exactly. No, Bob. I have one share just so I can attend it. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. Like, no, no more. the the things that suck so much is that when Bob was announced to come back, I literally said, "Uh oh, oh no, yeah, exactly." Because I was like Ugh. everyone was like, "Yeah, he's better on the parks." I'm like, "Yes, but he's not." If they're bringing back a familiar face, it's to do cuts. Yeah, and listen, folks, what was the last thing he did before he left the last time? It was force everybody to make trust, even though there was not enough time. Yeah. Like, listen, I, I, we, none of us really know what happened behind the scenes, but I personally find the story that he simply refused to budge the release date to be the most easy to believe. That makes yeah. perfect sense to me that that's what happened. And I think that everything fell out from that. I think yeah. there were, there were, there was decisions you know. that were made that they just didn't have enough time to, cause like yeah. there have been amazing movies that have put, been pulled together behind the scenes. When mm-hmm. they had no idea what they were doing with enough time, like yeah. Casablanca, that's always yeah. my go-to. Amazing movie. They had no idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's it, it's not impossible, but generally speaking, it, it, you know, especially in that instance where it was like it was just, and this, this, you know, what this should lead us naturally to the conversation about the importance of endings. Yes. And and what an ending needs to be, why there, why we need endings to our stories, all of that kind of stuff. But the thing about Tross specifically is that you know it was the ending to a nine part saga mm-hmm. spanning multiple generations, and with every theme that had been developed over all of that time, and it, it had all been kind of woven together successfully right. up to the end of TLJ. Up to that point, mm-hmm. and even like the complementary media, for the most part, was yeah, all singing the same story. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was all honestly like yeah. with there were a few retcons here or there, here and there little ones, but on on the big things, the big thematic questions, everything mm-hmm. was pretty consistent. And then it just all fell apart right at the end. And and that is entirely the result of not enough planning. Mm-hmm. Entirely the result of not enough planning. And like everyone knows that for whatever reason they decided to fly by the seat of their pants with the sequel trilogy. And that kind of worked for two movies and then absolutely did not work for the ending because it was not the, because it was the ending of an entire saga. And they just, yeah. they really, they really screwed the pooch. And so and you could have a messy middle and a successful ending and you you, people was, will love it. You could have a messy just, beginning. Literally, we're just talking about all shows used to have messy beginnings all the time and or, then but, be okay. Bad. Your point about the, the messy Breaking middle. Breaking bad. <laughs> yeah, but I was literally just thinking about um the the first three pirate movies, the Pirates oh, of the yeah. Caribbean, the original like you know because there was like a trilogy before yeah. they decided to make a bunch of other stuff, and so those first three movies like if you think the of second them as one an is intact, intact, the second one is so bad, it's like, so sorry, bad. Like, it has some good things in it, like I, the, I you yeah. know I can I can speak to the things that I think that are good, but like generally speaking, one is really really strong, three is really fun, it's a yeah. good ending, and, and has two a good is ending. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> what are you doing yeah yeah but no one cares because it's like you know what you ended it well so it doesn't matter that like you did weird stuff in the second movie so like and so that's the thing is that like people will for people will forgive so much if you end a story well yeah endings really do matter yeah Mm -hmm. and and showing catharsis if you mean to show catharsis Mm -hmm. is really really important so if your story is going to end sad catharsis for everybody catharsis for all and yeah. if your story is supposed to end happy with hope and like the new tomorrow and the m- miraculous ending happy kissy ending yep it's still owed to us yeah you you gotta do that and it's like and and in terms of threads it's not so much plot threads as thematic threads that yes. you need to pay off because ultimately what you're doing with an ending and the reason the endings are important is endings are ultimately going to tell you but what was this story really about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why did you tell me this story and that's what i will learn from the ending is i will understand if it's done well why did you tell me this story why did i go in this journey with you why why did i pay attention for nine movies Right, exactly. If it's yeah. if it's literally to rewatch the first scene from the first movie, then I don't really understand why we did this. Yeah, this, right. This feels like not what you were trying to say. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Are important, and 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 that's why having what all was of the moral stories, of this story, or why? Yeah. What do we learn from this? What do we take home from us? Which is, of course. Mm-hmm. The elixir of storytelling. Yes, yes, it is. So the, the ending is the delivery of the elixir to the audience. That is yeah. what it is. And so mm-hmm. when you have all of these stories which have not ended, which have simply been cut short. They're all stuck in the underworld. Missing. They're all stuck in the underworld. And, the, and yeah. it's they're all villain origin stories. And you can make an argument that no story really ends. And it's it's just the storyteller's decision where to end it. And that's great, but that the point is, it's still ended. It's even if it ends in different places, depending on who's telling it. So, um, I what was the movie? Oh, I'm forgetting what it was called. It was um, came out a couple of years last year, I think. It was uh, Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson. A lot of people didn't like it very much. I I liked it. 
I, you know, it wasn't amazing, but it was okay. But it was like an Orpheus and Eurydice story. And they specifically. Oh, uh, wait, Hugh Jackman? Yeah. You didn't see There's... Reminiscence? No, I didn't. No, sorry. Yeah, it kind of came in. Uh, I, I, I know that like the, I think the writer or the director was like mentored by Ryan Johnson. So it was like, that was kind of how it came on my radar. Anyway. Uh, in fairness, a lot of people didn't like it. I did. But the point is that it's it's an Orpheus and Eurydice story and there's a scene in it where they're actually talking about Orpheus and Eurydice. So this is like the, the movie acknowledging that this Metatextual. is what it is. It yeah. is. And, um, and she asks, well, is it a happy story or a sad story? And he says, depends where you end it. Yeah. And I thought that was such a fascinating concept. And then, of course, at the end, it becomes a, a point of like the real ending of the story is sad, but when he reminisces about it, he chooses to end the story where it is happy. Where and it is so, happy. so the point again about endings is it's not about like, Oh, well, no story really ever ends or no myth really ends. or whatever. That's yeah. not the point. The point yeah. is the stories that we tell one another and therefore the decisions the storyteller makes about where to end that story matter because that tells you, again, why they told that story and what they want you to take away from it. I mean, I thank you, Michelle R., for showing us that Graydon was still alive, but in the underworld. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because now we know. And if we had ended, I don't, if this had been canceled without that, I think I oh would my have God. never been happy ever again. I would have been, I would have been so devastated. If we didn't have that ending with, with yeah. Graydon and Wormalora, I would have been wrecked. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was no. the right choice. Um, it would have been Tross 2.0. It really would. I know it would have. It would have broken <laughs> us. Me and you yeah. personally just broken Could not us. Not have like, handled it. Oh my god. Um, but okay. What I was trying to say is this is something I have struggled with Star Wars for a really long time because uh, I think I made a joke. I've made this joke a lot, but uh, at some point you will see the conception, birth, and death of every character you've ever loved. Uh, that's. That's literally what they're giving us in Star Wars, which is, hey, you want to know this? Hey, we'll tell you. Here you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Where is like I often say, oh, you want that character back? Why do you want them to suffer? What do you have against yeah. that character? <laughs> right. Because you only send a character on a journey if they need to transform. If they're happy, leave them alone. Leave them in yeah, the leave them there. Leave please. them in the known world. Like they're just happy. Leave them there. Right. They happily mm-hmm. ever after means, hey, the kingdom was fixed. Yay. You don't have to go and revisit them. They've learned their lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it, that's always been kind of my struggle with the new Star Wars storytelling method, which is, no, let's tell everybody suffering again. Yeah, let's re- make them suffer again. Us, yeah, it requires us to go back and, and wreck any happily ever afters that may have occurred. <laughs> I mean, that happened with Han and Le- Leia, exactly. right? Like, yeah. they, they ended up wrecking their happily ever after yep. in so many ways. Be- to tell the story of the sequels, I do still think that the story of the sequels is important, what right. ended up being produced, but... It's it's important in the same way we talked about uh, the wounded masculine being stuck in the underworld. That's where yep. we start, which is Han and Leia, the heroes of the former generation, have their child, the product of that former generation, the wounded masculine being stuck yep. as Kylo Ren. Important, important story to tell. Yeah. Um. Okay. But why Willow is different is because he knew what he was going to tell. John Kasdan... Yes. knew what he was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, he knew why. And 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 this comes on this comes back to the 
the huge theme throughout the entire season, which was consumption and Mm -hmm. tantalus Mm -hmm. Tantalus and and consuming the offspring and the, the, the future. And the reason why this show was so incredibly resonant and why it had so much potential as a complete story was because it was going to show that that is not okay. Yeah. That you cannot sacrifice the children, the children, the next generation. And that's such an important story to tell. I mean, think of all of these, these stories that are, that are so popular right now. And Kanto turning red, um, Coco, everything everywhere all at once healing the wound between the older generation and the younger generation yes and they were doing that here too Mm -hmm. because willow and sorsha were coming to the realization that they had not left behind a better world for their children they had created one that was broken yes yeah and they and they were going to make amends for that while also helping guide those children to heal that world. Yeah. And that's what was happening. And that's such an important story to tell. Absolutely. And there's a reason that we're telling that story over and over and over right now, why you're seeing it a lot it's, in all of this media. Because there's a disconnect between the the values that have been upheld with the dominator culture. So upheld with the dominator culture, like, white supremacy, imperialism, patriarchy, and capitalism, and how Mm -hmm. our generation and the generations younger than us are being left behind because of this dominator culture and how they can't can't get out of it because those four pillars are holding Mm -hmm. it up and continuously wounding the children. That's the consumption theme of Willow. Yes, yes. And I mean, this maybe this is a little bit too dark of a turn, but like I see this in my children having to do active shooter drills in school. Hmm. We've created a world full of predators yep. who are coming for my children. I'm part of that too. We have not protected them. Yep. We have not built a better world. We have not dismantled these systems that are predatory. That hurt them. Yeah. All of the all of the systems that I mentioned in the dominator culture are predatory. They use and consume and mutilate. Like that's they they control. Mm-hmm. It's and it it they prop each other up in that way. And school shooters and the drills associated with it are just the reaction to it. It's a symptom, mm-hmm. not the cause. Right. But we know, but the point is, we know that this is the story that John Kasdan was telling because yeah. he talks about the opposite case, which is his parents creating mm-hmm. a womb, a cocoon of safety for him. Yep. In which he was able to heal and thrive. Yep. When he was sick as a child. And so he, that's his elixir. He had that. He had, he has. He has the elixir to deliver. Yes. Yeah. He's got it. He can give it to us. He was prepared to deliver. I will deliver follow his him anywhere. John my Kasten, captain. We're ready. Captain, my captain. <laughs> we'll take it. Little but Walt that's Whitman. <laughs> what he, that's what he has for us. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> makes me want to rewatch him Solo. Tell story. <laughs> I know. Just let him tell his stories, man. Let the man cook. Yeah, let the man cook. Uh, He's so smart. Cook. Alara Alara's cooking for us. I know. Uh, and and like, okay, so <sighs> enough utter depression. Yeah, sorry, guys. Where do we go from here? I literally like <laughs> this. I'm having like Tross flashbacks. Not that this is know, anywhere near. It's not the same. It's not like it was harder than I that went into like harder. full crisis management mode and like oh yeah yeah it was it was hard. I created my Discord because of the rise of Skywalker to mm-hmm. give people a safe space to feel things. And oh, yeah. so first and foremost, I'll say what I said then. It's still true. Grief over characters, grief over story, is completely natural. Mm-hmm. Your brain cannot tell the difference between a character that you have emotionally invested in and seen them grow and seen them transform and a good friend that you have seen grow and transform. The stories are equally as important to your brain. So never feel shame about grieving the loss of this story. Mm hmm. I'm happy to report all of these characters are still alive and yes. can live on in art mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. You have been given the joy of Willow. Willow yes. is joyous. It you is. know what this feels like. You've experienced it. You've felt the elixir go into you. That is the joy that you are feeling from Willow. You yourself can create art, can create story that gives you that joy to give to other people. Mm-hmm. And you now need now know how to discern the stories that give you that joy. Become picky as hell. Yes. <laughs> yes. You deserve only the best story. Only the best joy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think that's important because we as audience members continue to need to be demanding about the stories that we love be loud on the internet when you love a story yes yes i I mean as much as i know that we all you know it it can be cathartic to complain when when something disappoints you that's okay that's fine but ultimately it's being loud about the things that you love that Mm -hmm. is going to mean we get more of it that's how you get more of it is you you just yell about how much you love it and you let it inspire you to find more things to love and to create things for people to love as well like create something you want to see create you know Mm -hmm. like honestly like create the story yeah yeah write your fix it fix because you know what you never know one day that'll get published and then turned into a movie and like uh, it's already yeah. happening people so do it <laughs> it certainly is a more viable stream than it was even 5 years ago well and and even if it doesn't happen again like the your act of creation has value whether anyone else mm-hmm. consumes it or not yep this is really really important let's say you write something and you you know maybe one other person ever reads it or consumes it in any way, but you wrote it and it, you in doing that, like you created something, you took something from yourself, your own elixir and you put it out there 
and you mm-hmm. you healed something in yourself because again that's what Carl Jung says that that it does when you dream mm-hmm. the myth onward you are going to have those effects happening yep. in your own soul and, and you're so giving you that, that spark to somebody else to have that yes. opportunity to and when you experience that apotheosis, which is that you mm-hmm. finally reached your lowest point, you've reconnected with that missing piece of yourself, you're going to experience that energy that is the gift of the elixir. Yeah. And yeah. you will want to create or do something for others. That's also important. Just being with others, doing things for others is also part of the joy creation. And that's why mm-hmm. this fandom was so electric being a questie was electric because we were all doing things together. Yeah. And there's so many, like, I loved all of the people like translating panicotic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say it right. But anyway, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, people doing that, that was really fun. I really enjoyed a lot of the the fan art um, uh, recently. I know, and I'm so sorry, I, I just don't have it right in front of me right this minute. But, you know, one of our questies has been creating consistently a lot of beautiful Grey Laura drawings that mm-hmm. I'm very, very obsessed with. And I hope they don't stop because they're just wonderful. And I love them so much. And like, I just so much beautiful artwork and, and, you know, energy just in general in, in the fandom, even when it's not willow focused, um, it's still created that energy. So it's been awesome. Um, but that said, I do want to make sure that we don't, you know, we don't finish without mentioning stories that we feel get it right. That might help to, fill this hole for people if they were really loving what Willow mm-hmm. did and, and, you know, are disappointed that, um, we, Ones with we complete don't know endings. how we'll end. Yeah. So stories that have complete endings and similar themes to, to Willow. I want to talk yeah. about a few of those. So okay. uh, where do you want to start? Uh, so let's start, we about, start let's Western media or it does. I don't think it matters. I don't think we have to necessarily look, um, localize it i think it's more um let's start with per theme like i'd like to talk for instance let's talk about hidden goddess stories that end in in successful Mm. ways um you mentioned one before we started recording yeah so uh one that it might surprise you is uh queen's gambit which is on netflix it was a limited run series 10 episodes uh it is absolutely a hidden goddess story i did a video on it it's really good Go watch my video, go watch the show, and then see what she does. It's, yeah. She goes through essentially Maiden Mother Crone, um, yeah. which is like a simplified version of it. But uh, And her hair changes and yep. her hats change to match. Yep. It's really cool. It's so, so satisfying. It's so very satisfying. satisfying. And the symbolism is layered thick in Queen's Gambit. And it's just a very, very good story. In fact, I might go rewatch it because... I know my kiddo really loved it. So it's an easy rewatch too, which is yeah. so, you know, like some things can be a real investment. It's 10 episodes. <laughs> that's that's easy. one that's like, yeah. Are yeah, we going to go maybe easiest to hardest investment? Is that maybe I, so I've got another one and I don't, I don't know if this counts as, I feel like it counts as hidden goddess. It does. You know what? I'm going to say this does count as hidden goddess. Okay. Um, But this is one that, kind of like came and went without many people noticing it, but it's another limited series. It's only six episodes, actually. It's called Keep Breathing, and it's on Netflix. I've never um, seen it. So Ty did a video about this. I'm actually. writing it down. Please go watch it. It's Six episodes is so easy. You can just boom, boom, in and out. 
actually, Murthy, I didn't know you hadn't seen this. You're kind of going to lose your mind a little bit. I'm excited to hear what you think because this is right up Oh your my alley. God, I'm excited. Okay. It's super, super women who run with the wolves, like intensely so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Turning red. Yes. Turning red. Another one. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So like, yeah. So, so if this is kind of your jam, these are some that you can do. So one that's a, a longer, um, well, two that are longer time investments, but that mm-hmm. also have hidden goddess in them is love between fairy and devil, which is on, on Netflix. Netflix. It is um, a C drama, but it's entirely worth it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It like I I'm shocked. It's as good as it is. It's amazing. So it's really the costuming good. is amazing. Oh. The mythical elements are amazing. Again, it's in Chinese so cool and of stuff. course subtitles, but it is so valuable. I would argue that even if you don't watch any other Chinese dramas, you would still enjoy this because it's just that good. So highly recommended. Um yeah, it's that's like a, it's excellent. like baby's first genre, which is it, like but, yeah, fantasy Chinese. So it's mythological. It's set in a fantasy mythological worlds, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, yeah, costumes, like, it, wigs, yeah, cool powers. It's fun. Yeah, like yeah, it can be helpful to to know a little bit about Chinese mythology, but you don't have to. You can go no. in totally, totally yeah, blind can. and be fine. Uh, yeah. I did a video so, series too. I've done two. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I need to finish the third. And if oh yeah, if, yeah. if Nat doesn't want to do the third with me, you're doing it with me. Okay, is... but I hope Nat does because she knows more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but yes, we've done but two on it. But mm-hmm. there is an intro to Janja. This is on my other uh, what the fiction YouTube channel. It actually has pictures and a PowerPoint pl- presentation. So I know totally right? we're worth so it. thorough. And and you guys like giggling absolutely hysterically when he like grabs her and like kisses her like all aggressively. Oh my god, it's so good. Sorry. I love that. Yeah, part. we gig- we giggle a lot. Um <laughs> good stuff. It's good stuff. But that's it's a great show and I recommend it. And so and then um the other one, and this is um gonna kind of lead us into some of the other themes that I think people really enjoy from Willow is um Shira and the Princesses yeah. of Power, also on Netflix. So hilariously, mm-hmm. Netflix, despite the fact that it has a reputation of like canceling the most stuff, it also has a lot of really good things on it. Yeah, um, but Shira but, is was yeah. absolutely healing for me after the rise of Skywalker. Hidden goddess, uh, enemies to lovers, queer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so it, a lot of the things that people enjoyed from Willow are in Shira, and they're very, very, very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very satisfying, um, and cathartic. And to your point about it being healing after trust. So one of the things that we've talked about frequently is that, um, Star Wars struggles because it features a lot of planet level destruction and no planet level creation. Yeah. Shira gets heals that it. Right. It Shira heals, heals it. the planet. It oh, heals yeah. it. Yeah. It does. It's awesome. It's so great. And it's, it also is very explicitly anti-patriarchal in terms, especially around what we said about the whole, like, oh, your values only and how you can sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. There's literally a line in this, which is that it is your value you are not is only more what you can give to others. Yeah. You deserve happiness too. And yeah. then 
she, you know, like minor spoilers, of course, but like we're telling you it's a happy ending, but like she wins because of love and not because she's willing to sacrifice herself. Yeah. Like, so important. It's so good. So like it's, it is the, it is an incredibly powerful statement on every level. Queer love is all over it. The whole thing mm-hmm. center up front and center, like basically every couple it's awesome. So good. Just my, please, my please whole family loved it. it. It's like, I, yeah. my kids occasionally are just like, let's rewatch Shira. And I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> <Me too." laughs> and it's so it. pretty and joyful. Like it's it, beautiful. It it's is. Fun. It is willow. It is very, very well. The, jo- like, the same joy. Like it is yes. absolutely the same joy. They're incredibly similar in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. like different stories, but, but like the fundamentals are really, really similar. And so it's a good time. The elixir is the same. Same yeah, elixir, yeah. same, and, same, same Gatorade, and the and the healing of the relationship between parents and children is all oh, there too. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so and like good. the former generation and the expectations of the former generation mm-hmm. and how they are trying to put their you know way of doing things on the younger generation yep. and yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's very well, and just even the concept of like we've inherited our parents' war. Like that's a big mm. thing in there. And eventually the kids are like, what, but why are we tolerating this? Yeah. Like, like, why do we have to live this way? Maybe there's a better way. So it's, it's great. I cannot recommend it enough. If you, if you haven't seen it, see it. If you've seen it, go watch it again <laughs> <laughs> because it will make you feel much better. But like, these are things that like they have hidden goddess. Yes. Because Shira is also hidden goddess. Speaking of which, Shira is also Sleeping Beauty, which I really, really love because, you know, oh, again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. hidden and she wakes up mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. 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 And then it, then it, then it also has, uh, the thematic elements of the, where we thought the story was going with Graydon and Alora, with yep. the person stuck in the underworld, yep. who is also somebody that you care about and love. Um, yeah. With, of course, Katra and Alora. And Katra, Katra's a great character because she's, it's not like when they sometimes have a villainous love interest and in order to make sure that you don't hate them, they like water them down. Catherine yeah, does no, very she's, bad things. She's very she bad. She does very bad things. Like, um, yeah. so yeah, like it's so the fact that they take that character and redeem her and make them end game make them end game and it's it's fantastic. It's so good. It's just super satisfying. And like at this point I just want to like you know, go watch it the second that we get off this call. Cause like, <laughs> it's so good, but yeah, so those are some good ones. What are there other, others we can think of? Uh, love and redemption, which is another C drama mm-hmm. uh, that I, I highly recommend ashes of love, which is another C drama hidden goddess, um, not related to this storytelling, but highly mythical in its storytelling. And I've never seen a person watch it that hasn't loved it crash landing on you it oh is, god it's so good it is it, there's there's a different um mythic folklore motif happening within mm-hmm. it it's skeleton woman on both sides but also like enemies to lovers in a way uh and it's glorious and i watched it with my husband and he loved it so watch it with your spouse it's a yeah a korean drama it's on netflix yeah and i, I hope that that you and I are able to discuss that one someday because I'd it's love to dive into list. it in detail because yeah. it's so it's got so many good things going on. Um, so I thought if people are interested in books, I think uh, the main one to me that stands out again these same themes is um the Winter Night trilogy by Catherine Arden. 
Um, so it's Bear and the Nightingale, The Girl in the Tower, and um, Winter of the Witch are the books. Um, it is Hidden Goddess. You know, she turns out to to be this very powerful witch. Um, and also uh, the retrieval of the villainous lover from the underworld. Um, you know, he's literally banished and forgets about her and she has to go find him and remind him. She literally has to travel through like midnight and midnight is a place that takes her like days or like an interminable period to get through or whatever in order to retrieve her lost husband. It's pretty fantastic. Um, so anyway, yes, big fan. Those are great books. I highly recommend. And they're also like, and this is just a personal thing, but like gorgeous prose. Like sometimes when you read books, it's like, okay, well, the story is good, but it's like, I don't know about the way it's written. Like those are pretty books. So if that's your thing, do it. You'll enjoy it. They're very good. Uh, queer sapphic fantasy Tiger's Daughter, K. Arsenault mm-hmm. Riviera. Um, highly, nice. highly recommends. It's awesome. uh, it's like she had a she had created her entire backstory for her character for a D and D campaign, and then was like, "Wait, this is a book." That's brilliant. Seriously, <laughs> people should do that. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, so lots of great stuff. So the I think you know, and we'll try to think of others. But the the point is, there are lots of excellent stories that have these same themes, these same types of characters, and have satisfying endings. Like mm-hmm. they can and do end well. Like we we it's have possible. been given. Yes, it's possible. We have been given the elixir in other places. So yeah, you know, do enjoy. Yeah, and <sighs> I want to say like it's still okay to love this story. It's still yes, okay please. to rewatch it. It's still okay to be part of this community because we love each other and we've bonded over this story. And right, do your art. Uh, as Carrie Fisher said, take your broken heart and make art. Yes. Do it. This is why a podcast <laughs> to process mm-hmm. literally everything in my brain. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I, I appreciate you <laughs> God, so I, much. I, I still had like so many people on my list that I wanted to talk to. I wanted to talk Arguably, to somebody about that. still could. I mean, I still want to like the costumes. Yeah. yeah, please. John Caston, please come on my show. <laughs> come on, John, you won't regret it. <sighs> I love you, John. <laughs> no, I mean... I yeah, serious. I'm serious. Whatever you do next, you get it. So well, I will follow. Yeah, we're there. We're coming. We're coming for the ride. <laughs> We've become John Casden stands. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's much easier than being an Adam Driver stand. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That was a yes. little end of the episode humor. All right. Missy, you'll be oh back though to talk about Star Wars as hard as it is. We have things oh my to God. talk about. We, we have, have things to discuss. We have lots of things to discuss. We have uh, we've been putting off uh, power, myth, and symbolism just because I've been so busy with uh, Star Wars. <laughs> so <laughs> much Star, Star Wars, Wars content, but yeah, we do we do want to talk about House of Atreus as an overall mythical theme in Star mm-hmm. Wars and larger media, I think that would be interesting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. We'll be back for consumption. More 
consumption consumption because because consumption (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i'm starting to plan out uh more power of myth and symbolism episodes for later on this year of course so that'll be good too yeah so excited yay yep all right um i love you all this has been one of the best experiences of my life talking about the show Mm -hmm. it's It's been been really great yeah Mm -hmm. all right cheers